Welcome to Asia-Pacific Defence Reporter, your go-to source for cutting-edge security insights in the region. Get ready for rapid-fire analysis and commentary from the Asia-Pacific with your host, Kim Bergman. Hello and welcome back. Let's start with some information about the F-35 program. I'll get to Taipan helicopters in Ukraine in due course, but I'll start with something else in case people are becoming a bit bored by my current obsession with helicopters, but I will say in advance that unfortunately there have been no particularly encouraging developments there, but we'll come to that. Now, something that has been underreported in Australia is the F-35 program has stalled in the sense that aircraft are coming off the production line at Dallas-Fort Worth, but they are not being delivered until they receive a big boost in aircraft computing power, something called Technology Refresh 3. And TR3 is a necessary to precursor to the upgrade of the aircraft, something called the Block 4 upgrade, that will see things like a new radar installed. You, you just need a more powerful computer to handle the various elements in the upgrade. The testing of the computer is way behind schedule. It's been delayed several times. Until recently, people were hoping that it would be completed by the middle of this year. Now people are saying that it might not happen until towards the end of 2024. Now, the issue is that the Air Force and the government had promised all 72 Australian aircraft would have been delivered by the end of 2023. But we are nine short. And by the way, in a sense, it doesn't really matter when they arrive. It's more a matter of optics, especially for ministers who criticised the previous coalition government for various delays. I probably wasted a precious question to Defence Industry Minister Pat Conroy last week, who said that the delay in F-35 deliveries had no impact. He's very, very snappy. I suspect he was expecting a question from me on Taipans. But anyway, just said, no, has no impact, no consequence for Australia at all. And I thought about that logically. If he's right, uh, if, if it makes no difference at all, then why don't we save some money and just stick with the 63 aircraft we have and just basically write off the nine, or sell them to someone else, the nine that we're still waiting delivery on. Now, the other strange thing in all of this is that defence themselves will not publicly admit to a delay, which seems completely bizarre. I mean, it's just there. It's, it's the truth. When I've approached the department for a comment or some information about when the jet's now expected, that they won't even give me an on-the-record comment. They say on background that, you know, they're working with the Joint Project Office and things like that, and they're hoping for a successful outcome and, and all of this sort of thing. Now, this sort of weird nervousness, kind of denying what is absolutely obvious, might be explained by the fact that ministers have locked themselves into certain positions and the department is reluctant to contradict them or make them look bad. Because on the 10th of October 2022, Richard Miles said this, and uh, this is a, a direct quote. It's a few sentences that I will read out. He says, and I want to be clear on one point. This is not the fault of the Department of Defence. This is not the fault of Australian defence industry. 
He, by the way, is referring to delayed projects. He continues, They are fantastic and do a wonderful job in serving the national interest. What we have seen is a complete failure of leadership by the former coalition government, and we intend to rectify that. We are going to manage defence spending in a way which achieves value for money for taxpayers. We're going to manage defence procurement in a way which is going to keep Australians safe. And a bit later, well, let me start by saying that we accept responsibility. We accept the responsibility of a government and we do so going forward. No ifs, no buts about all of that. It's not ultimately for departments to stand here and accept responsibility for government performance. It is ministers. Now, I suspect I'm going to be using that quote a few times in in the future because, as we've discussed before, with various defence procurements, you know, this, this government is in trouble. And it's funny about how the words of ministers can come back to haunt them because presumably, in the words of Richard Miles, this delay in the F-35 program is the responsibility of the current minister because you can't really have it both ways and take credit only for things that go well. You also, by your own words, by your own judgments, have to take responsibility for things that aren't going well. And that's a nice segue to a few comments about the relationship between the government and the department. Now, I don't normally do any character assassination, as tempting as it is, uh, but last week the Australian Financial Review, quite a conservative paper, had a cutting assessment of the relationship between Richard Miles and the department, which indicated, if not quite mutual loathing, then certainly a mutual lack of respect, something subsequently, you know, the the minister has denied. Now, my knowledge is a bit limited, but but, uh, I suspect or I know that the story does have the ring of truth to it, that that there is tension. And uh, I will also say, I hope not too cryptically, that Mr. Miles is not particularly known for, for his work ethic. He does have the additional issue that I've touched on many times before, that he is the Deputy Prime Minister. He insists on using that title, giving everyone the impression that that's more important to him than the defence portfolio. And he's also been critical of the department, saying that there is a way to go before we have that culture of excellence in the Department of Defence and the Australian Defence Force, they again were his words, um, that he has been striving for. Now, this is an aside, but there was just a very brief glimpse uh, into his personality that I I found almost insulting. And, And that was at the start of the parliamentary term, there's always church service for people who wish to, to go along to sort of, you know, blessing of parliament or blessing of politicians or or some such thing. And Richard Miles just brushed past a reporter with a microphone, snarling, today it's all about the king. And I thought to myself, how ridiculous. I mean, all about the king. I cringed. The king has an extremely, well, maybe not extremely, but a minor and manageable ailment and our defence minister, or you know, deputy prime minister, is rushing to church to pray for the British monarch, who, unfortunately, in my opinion, is our head of state. I thought the ALP, generally speaking, was in favour of a republic, 
but it might have been a while since Mr. Miles has read the party platform. Anyway, the, the whole thing just made me cringe. And I'll also say, just to be catty in a way, I'm not sure when the last time was that uh, Minister Miles read the ALP platform, because clearly he's in breach of it with the AUKUS agreement that permits the storage of foreign radioactive waste in Australia produced by visiting US and UK submarines, not to mention our own waste disposal facility that I've spoken about in the past and I'll return to uh, in future. And by the way, observe, there's been far more coverage of problems with the royal prostate than the Indonesian presidential election, uh, which I consider to be of somewhat more significance to the future of Australia. And that election, by the way, is likely to to see Prabowo Subianto become president, third time lucky. And I will say, he's not known as a particular friend of Australia. So that's an interesting dynamic to contemplate for the future. I, I, I might come back to that in uh, in another podcast. So now it's time to go back to Taipan helicopters, and I've put a lot online about this. The bad news is the government shows absolutely no sign of budging on this fiasco. And the overall weakness of the government's position was shown up in about 90 seconds flat, following two questions from Liberal Senator David Fawcett, I've mentioned him before, and Penny Wong, the foreign minister in the Senate, representing the Minister for Defence, explained very briefly that the helicopters are not going to Ukraine because the Department of Defence has decided that they aren't suitable for the Ukrainians to use. And I mean, the arrogance of that, I've put it in writing, I find it extraordinary. The, the, the last time that the ADF was engaged in a serious conflict of the scale that's occurring uh, in Ukraine, was during the Second World War. Ukraine has accumulated more combat experience in the last two years than the ADF has in the last 60, and the position is just indefensible that we are deciding for the Ukrainians what they can and can't have. Now, obviously, what we are seeing with the destruction of the Taipans, it's a cover-up and it's a ridiculously transparent one. The only reason why they are being destroyed and buried is because army doesn't want to be embarrassed by anyone else successfully operating them. The government knows it, the army knows it, and most of the public censors it as well. I'll continue to say that the level of outrage about this online and and indirect correspondence to me is unlike anything that I've ever seen before. And I do have to say, it is easily the stupidest, destructive, and that means just of the helicopters, destructive of things like our uh, relationship with Ukraine. Uh, And I I couldn't imagine that our allies are impressed either with what's going on. It's the most destructive thing that I've ever seen. Now, into the mix, the opposition should be doing their job and holding the government to account. But instead, it's been complete silence with the notable exception of Senator Fawcett, Full credit to him. He's continuing to work away on this. I've put in six calls to Andrew Hastie's office and sent emails and haven't even received a reply. Mr. Hastie, do your job. There's also been no interest from the leader of the opposition, Peter Dutton. So we've got 
boring question time after boring question time that just drags on and on with all sorts of irrelevant and predictable nonsense about tax cuts that's going absolutely nowhere. These questions just give the government an opportunity to grandstand. No one has brought up the matter of the Taipan helicopters. Well, you have to ask why. I would say that in Andrew Hastie's case, I've again, I think I've mentioned this, he's ex-army and I suspect he just doesn't want to offend his, his mates. And Peter Dutton, he's an ex-policeman and a bit of an authoritarian at heart, I suspect, who's just too scared to criticise our sacred military establishment, meaning, once again, zero accountability for this outrage. So it's only a few sections of the media, Senator David Fawcett and the public, that are in a position to do anything about this. So again, if you feel strongly uh, about this, as many people obviously do, contact your local member. Ask them to find out what on earth is going on. I know that a lot of politicians have been approached. I know that a lot of them are nervous, but pressure just has not reached the level of really prompting them into some sort of firm action. Now, just a few more words on the the timeline in all of this unfortunate stuff. On the 21st of September last year, Richard Miles said, and this is a direct quote, well, the review of the Taipans is continuing. No decision has been made in relation to that. But we have made clear that we are reviewing that capability and we're looking at other options that could fulfil that capability, particularly Blackhawks in the future. But no decision has been made in relation to this. The Taipan is what the Defence Force operates right now, September 21st. Exactly one week later, on September 28th, he took the decision to scrap and bury them. So that's a remarkable switch in the, the space of one week. Nothing in particular happened in that week that I'm aware of. It's important to find out what's going on. Now, I also, uh, circling back to Minister Conroy following the press conference, which from my point of view was was not particularly productive, I've put four questions, five questions, I'm sorry, to, to him in writing. I don't think that they will ever be answered, but for the record, I'm going to read them out to everyone. Question one. You previously mentioned that the formal request from Ukraine for Taipans was received mid-December. When did the government first become aware of the interest of Ukraine? Noting Senator Fawcett commented that he passed on that information in mid-October. Question two. Defence say they conducted some sort of international search in March-April. Why was Ukraine not contacted at that time? If the department really only concentrated on existing users, then it's a very poor sales effort, it would seem, out of curiosity who led that team. Question three. The defence portfolio budget statements for this year refers to a facility at Townsville Airport having been acquired for the storage of Taipans pending a decision about their disposal. Why were they not stored? Why the sudden rush? Question four. Minister Miles said that it's too early to tell what the value of the spare parts will be. How is it possible to then claim that disposing of the parts represents best value for money? That just makes no sense. Question five, why are we making decisions on behalf of Ukraine about 
what equipment suits them. Surely Ukraine is in the best place to make those decisions. Has anyone in in defence investigated the capacity of Ukrainian industry to support Taipans? Has anyone even visited? Details would be fascinating. They were the five questions. I would be amazed if I received any response to them whatsoever. But at least you know that I'm continuing to try. Now, I am hoping in the next couple of days to break some news that will reveal that the government and defence are not telling the truth about another critical matter, namely the exact condition of the helicopters. The government says that, no, they're, they're being torn apart, they're beyond repair, it would just be way too expensive to put them back together again. Uh, by the way, on the expense part of that equation, that shouldn't matter because Ukraine is now saying, okay, just give us the pieces, get them over here to somewhere in Europe, and we, with the help of our genuine friends, the French and the Germans who operate this type of helicopter, we will reassemble them. It will be at no cost to Australia. Anyway, we'll keep on plugging away there, but uh, but at the moment it's not looking good, which I think is just a tragedy. Now, I'll conclude this episode by uh, pointing out that the government response to the Surface Fleet Review is said to be released on February the 19th. That might change, but that's the date that I've got at the moment. Incidentally, I'll be in Singapore on that date to cover the Singapore Air Show and a whole lot of associated things. But nevertheless, don't worry, we'll be bringing you a lot of detail. And from what I can tell, though, the main casualty looks to be the Arafura class offshore patrol vessels. And remember this, I think that's a huge looming scandal. The RAN has been quietly trashing them for months, like army falsely smearing the Taipan helicopters, uh, with Navy talking about like major design deficiencies and safety concerns. So let's find out who ordered them in the first place, because it was a Navy and defence decision after a three-way full tendering process. What sort of Navy, what sort of department spends $1.5 billion, that's the expenditure to date, $1.5 billion, and then starts to say, oh, it's all wrong. Oh, it's a disaster. These ships are a mess. Well, listen, you fools, the, 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 the company responsible, Lurson, is producing exactly the ship that you contracted for. So if I'm right, there will have to be surely some sort of investigation into finding out why Navy signed up for a deal, the prime contractor has been delivering on that to the letter, and now suddenly someone says, oh, well, they're not good enough and we want something different. Okay, uh, that's all I've got time for today. Uh, As always, thank you very much for listening and uh, see you next time. Bye for now. That's today's Asia-Pacific Defence Reporter. For more in-depth articles, expert opinions and exclusive interviews, visit asiapacificdefensereporter.com. Stay informed, stay ahead. This is your source for all things defence. Until next time.